You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your destination location, with your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Good morning and welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel destination show. I'm Kathleen Curry and I'm here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. You can follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. You can like us on Facebook or you can go to our website, TravelBrigade.com. That's where you're going to find a lot of the contact information we're going to give you today. We are really excited about our show today. We, as you know, have been in Southern California enjoying the weather and some great destinations while we're down here. But one of the things we've done several times out of some of the ports is cruised. A lot of different cruise lines from different places down in Southern California, from the Port of L.A. to Long Beach to San Diego, all have some amazing cruises different cruise lines, going to different places. It's a great option for people who don't want to go all the way to the East Coast to take a cruise for the first time. So on today's show, first we're going to talk about Long Beach. We're going to interview someone from Long Beach. This area has made an amazing transformation over the past 10 years. That's true. It has expanded so much. And then, of course, we're moving to one of our favorites, Disney. Disney Cruise Lines has has not been a long-time player here in the L.A. area or Southern California area. They are really coming in strong. They've got a lot of different great itineraries. And, of course, people who love Disney want to go to Disneyland and then hop themselves right there on a Disney cruise. Yeah, we'll be telling you about some new Pixar-inspired cruises with them. Then we're moving on to the Port of L.A. This is a huge place, an amazing place. You, We drove there just the other day, and it's amazing the energy you get just from seeing all the activity there. We're going to have an interview talking about some of the things that are going on there, some of the things that are changing there. And another fun option, I mean, a lot of people don't think of of San Diego as as a cruise destination to embark on, and that was actually our last cruise we went out of is San Diego. And what a great option. There's so much to do down in San Diego, and it's a really, really good place to take a cruise. So we've got a lot to get to, so we need to hustle it up, but we can't get to any of that before we first do Hot Topics in Travel. We'll be right back. Next up, Hot Topics in Travel. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet hashtag Travel Brigade or visit TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We are here in California talking about California cruises, cruises that leave out of the ports of Southern California. We're talking about Long Beach, Port of L.A., San Diego. We're also going to be talking with Disney Cruise Line about some, some cruises they're doing down here. But first, we got to get to hot topics in travel. Yes. I'm really excited about this. Technology makes our lives easier in so many ways. That's true. And it's finally come up with a way to get rid of the, are we there yet? Oh, really? That would be good. We hear that a lot. Well, and I know there's tons of families out there doing road trips this summer and the dreaded, are we there yet? Um, And this is really, I'm mad that I didn't, you know, it's one of those things where why didn't I think of that? But I'm going to give credit to... Why didn't you make money from that? Yes, that too. (laughs) I'm going to give credit to Elizabeth Foy Larson, who was writing for Slate, and uh, read her article talking about, you know, ways to make those family driving trips a little bit better. Engage the young ones. A couple things she pointed out, you know, AAA does these triptych travel planners, and it's kind of a, it's an actual physical little book 
that you get with maps and everything. Right. Yeah, they've done those, but they you used to have to order them, and I think you can do them online now. Okay. Well, anyway, you could get those for if if you really want something physical. But if your kids are anything like a lot of kids, they're constantly buried in their smartphone or their iPad or their texting laptop their vacation away. or texting. <laughs> and there's all sorts of apps now that you can put your travel itinerary on and all sorts of uh, map apps, if that's the right term. We use TripIt a lot. That's true. We do use TripIt a lot. It has ways that you can attach maps. And there's other there's other options out there. When your kids are saying, are we there yet? You just say, look on your whatever it is you're holding in your hand. <laughs> Open oh, so wait, the TripIt app. Are you saying get the kids the same apps and let them follow the trip along? Yes. Oh, I see. Actually, I'm, that's a good idea. And you could even, you know, if if you're in the planning stages, you could even let them help you plan because they might like doing it if they get to do it on a computer and all this kind of stuff or on their iPhone. Actually, those are two really great ideas. I mean, c- kind of the paper. I mean, we've used TripIt ticks before, the, the printed ones. Mm-hmm. And we've also used the computer-generated ones. I still like the old-school ones a little bit better. The, well, but if, you're, think, if you're going to have paper. Yeah. If you're going to have paper. But, but I think most kids, if... if they're going to be on some electronic device most of the time anyway. Right, but I was just thinking, you know, as we're talking, we already have TripIt on some of the devices, so that would be kind of fun if everyone had TripIt and then they could go through. Hey, good idea. And I'm sure there's, you know, that's a program we've used. I'm sure there are others out there. Yeah, there are. are. We just, you know, you get stuck. As a matter of fact, we'll be doing something on that later on in one of our shows. But we do use TripIt because we like it a lot. But that's, I think that's a great idea. Good job. All right. Well done. The other one is, I know you went to see Brave I did. this last week. I did. did. Did you like it? I thought it was really cute. I mean, I, I thought the character, I think that was probably my favorite, you know, favorite part. I'm a red-headed girl myself, so um, I did like the character. Strong world. <laughs> little temper, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think that's the part that I like the most is just, a, you know, trying to find a new character with a new cultural background. A new, I, I thought that was really cute. So as you, as you were watching it, were you thinking, man, we ought to go to Scotland? Actually, I, I did because, you know, we've been to Ireland quite a few times and, you know, we can get into that later. But and but I've never been to Scotland. I've been to London, you know, been to England a couple of times, but I've never been to Scotland. So it is a place I've always wanted to go. Well, as you were sitting there thinking, I, oh, we should go visit Scotland. The people at Visit Scotland were thinking that you'd be thinking that. Smart. They, they are already on it. Go to visitscotland.com backslash brave. They've got a whole thing oh, about really? trips. Itineraries inspired by the movie. Just all sorts of things. Oh, and that's of course, kind of cute. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of funny. It's cute and funny at the same time, but also the funny part's like anything we can do to jump on someone's coattails and make a buck. That's my first thought. But my second thought is, what a great ingenious idea because I'm sure everyone's thinking that now. Well, and Visit Scotland's not the only one thinking that. There's also a, you know various travel companies offering you know brave-inspired uh, trip packages. Yeah. So, but visit Scotland. They've even got they've all they've got all the characters there on the web page. It says that some of the itineraries are inspired by the movie. So check it out. Visit Scotland dot com backslash brave. We'll talk about a great way to you know free advertising for your destination. Get just write Disney 
and have them. I mean, didn't Lilo and Stitch do the same thing for Hawaii? Probably, probably. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to be talking to someone from the Long Beach Convention and Visitors Bureau about all of the neat things that you can do when you're there getting ready to go on a cruise or when you come back from a cruise. It's such an amazing place to really, really change city over the last 10 years. If you're of a certain age and you haven't been there in a while, it's not the Long Beach you grew up with. It's a totally different place. Yep. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We are doing a whole show today on California coastal cruises, leaving out of the different ports of Long Beach, L.A., and San Diego. And on the phone with us, we have Bob McGooglin, who's from the Long Beach Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thanks for joining us, Bob. It's a great pleasure. It's nice to chat with the both of you. There's been a huge expansion in Long Beach, not only on the shoreline, we're going to talk about the pike, but... Tell us a little bit about the cruise port that was built a few years ago. The Carnival Cruise Lines worked out a, uh, a deal with both the Queen Mary property in Long Beach and with the city of Long Beach to build a $40 million cruise terminal. And it's one of the major additions to all of the renovation and the improvements that have been going on in downtown Long Beach for the last decade. The terminal, as I said, cost $40 million to build. It opened in April 2003, and Carnival currently has two of their largest uh, cruise ships homeported there. Currently, they have the Splendor and the Inspiration. Uh, later this year, the Splendor will be going to the East Coast, and it'll be replaced by the Carnival Miracle. Oh, wow. So that now, just to make sure, because I think I have this right, it is just a Carnival port. The port is actually operated, leased and operated by Carnival Cruise Lines. Oh, great. The port property, of course, is owned by the city, as is the Queen Mary. Those right. are leaseholds. Um, the proper name of the of the terminal is the Long Beach Cruise Port at the Queen Mary. <laughs> but at the current time, Carnival Cruise Lines is the only tenant. And where are they largely going out of there? Well, they have two. The two ships have their own routes. The um, the Carnival Splendor currently does the Mexican Riviera, which consists of um, what is it, Mazatlan, Cabo San Lucas, uh-huh. and one other port. And it does a seven-day cruise, departing on Sunday and arriving on Sunday. And then the uh, the second ship, the Inspiration, does three- and four-day cruises. The three-day cruise is a cruise to Ensenada, Mexico. And the four-day cruise includes Ensenada, but also makes a stop 26 miles across the sea at Santa Catalina Island. And I think those are great choices, I mean, for first-time cruisers. That's, I think, how a lot of people get indoctrinated in the whole cruise uh, vacation thing is trying those really short cruises. Bob, tell us a little bit about Long Beach and the expansion and why you know cruising out of Long Beach is a great option. There's so many activities to do just right off the pier. Well, the city of Long Beach traditionally throughout the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, right up into the 1990s was what you would consider a Navy town. We had a naval station. We had a naval shipyard. We had a naval hospital. We had naval housing. A good portion of the city's economy rested on the Navy. Uh-huh. And then in the early 90s, the Navy decided that they were going to pull out everything from Long Beach. So the city was basically faced with a big financial crisis. 
And so the mayor at that time, Beverly O'Neill, said, let's base our future economy on three T's, trade, technology, and tourism. And we already had the trade, the Port of Long Beach with the Port of Los Angeles, one of the busiest, most richest ports in the United, you know, in the country as well as in the world. But we had not really gone very far down the tourism road. Right. So in the last 10 years, the city has invested more than $1 billion, that's with a B, wow. dollars in the downtown. And that includes not just tourism things for visitors, but also residential units. We've added over 6,000 residential units in our downtown. So back in the 70s, I remember the downtown being kind of a dead place where, you know, you could fire a cannon down the street and <laughs> anybody. But now our downtown is a lively mix of visitors and residents. Well, I would agree, you know, like saying, I, I haven't lived here in many, many years, but I did grow up in the Orange County area, and Long Beach is you know, certainly when we came by to visit, it is not the Long Beach of years to go. Tell us about the the Pike and the Shoreline yeah, that, Village. That's our big line. It's the old the old car commercial. This isn't your this isn't your grandfather's long. <laughs> yeah, the Pike at Rainbow Harbor was uh, which officially began opening. It opened in several stages, but began in 2003, about the same time as Carnival came into Long Beach. It was the last large piece of undeveloped land in in the California Coastal Commission. Uh, repertoire and it is now 400,000 square feet of entertainment restaurants um, you have almost 20 restaurants there along the water you've got a ferris wheel antique ferris wheel a merry-go-round you've got an entertainment complex called kdb which embraces old-time um, games like they used to have on the old pike in long beach Broad, you know, boardwalk type games, but also modern electronic games for the kids. Ten lane bowling alley, and there's also a 15 screen movie theater as part of the complex. We actually and, went to the comedy club. That's also right and there. The, the, yeah, the uh, comedy club there is the one of the largest in the country. It seats over 500 people, and you can also sit and enjoy dueling pianos at Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> And there's a great hotel right there. Uh, Hyatt at the Pike is a wonderful hotel. It's about, what is it, 137 rooms. The rooftop pool has Right. I was just going to say you've got it. If if I would say to do one thing, it would be find a way to get to that rooftop pool because it's <laughs> stunning and the views are amazing. And, and yeah, that hotel really has uh, a sort of, it's small enough that it has that boutique feel to it. Exactly. Right. It is It is very much a, a boutique style hotel with very, you know, very good service and just wonderful amenities. And then we walked across the street to Shoreline Village and we went to the yard house. I think that's the original yard house there right across it the is. street. Um, you know, the guys that came up with the concept for the yard house, it was so successful. I think now they have at least four. That's a restaurant, restaurant. by the way. I guess I should and, have mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, the restaurant and bar. <laughs> could, the yard house those... really could be anything, but it's a great restaurant, yard. Well, could mean a lot of things, but we're talking about yards for drinks. Great place, not just for happy hour. I mean, a lot of people go there for happy hour, but it's the food is excellent. Oh, they have great food, and you're right. It is it is a gathering place. Um, people after work, the younger crowd love to go there. The business professionals that come down from downtown. It's within easy walking distance of most of the downtown office buildings. Their claim to fame is is they have something like 250 beers on tap. Exactly. We sat out on the patio and had a, not a root beer float, but a beer float for dessert. It's, it's a place where you can have beer for dessert. 
Exactly. But Shoreline Village is a great place as well. It's, it, you know, quite a few restaurants, lots of wonderful shops and dining. It's also a place where you can uh, engage in a lot of our water sport activities that we have. Long Beach is a water sport paradise. And right there in Shoreline Village, you can take harbor cruises, dinner cruises. You can go, you can rent your own speedboat, your own personal watercraft. You can even get a Duffy electric boat with a Surrey on top that you can drive yourself. They're one of my favorite things to do in California is get those Duffies. Yeah. Well, Bob, thank you so much. And, again, cruising in and out of California, Carnival has has a great, great port there in Long Beach. And I think the best thing is it's so accessible to so many activities. Um, Some of the other ports don't have things quite as close. And I think it's a great place to go. So tell us a little bit about where people can contact you or visit Long Beach to get more information. Sure. We, the Long Beach Convention Visitor Bureau, we will provide anybody with whatever information they like. The best way to get a hold of us is to go to our website, which is visitlongbeach.com. And in addition to having tons of information on the website, you can also order one of our um, official guides, which we will mail out to anybody who requests one and tells about all the things to see and do in Long Beach. And there's so much. Like I said, besides being a water sport paradise, we have the Queen Mary, which is a wonderful place to take. I was just going to mention that. You know, we talked about all the new stuff, and I can remember years and years ago going down to Long Beach to see the Queen Mary and the Spruce Goose, and we should emphasize that, you know, Queen Mary is still there, and it's an interesting tour. We did it just a couple years ago, and it was a lot of fun. It's actually several tours. You can do the history tour. You can do the transportation tour. What the kids seem to like a lot is the ghosts and legends. Oh, we heard about that. We have never done it, but we heard that there's the a ghost Queen Mary tour. is haunted. Yes. <laughs> and they we, will take you down into the bowels of the ship, down into the cargo deck, opportunity to see if you can see any spirits yourself. That's true. And we should mention, too, that there's a, a hotel on board the Queen Mary, too, that you can Absolutely. stay at. Absolutely. The, Queen, the Hotel Queen Mary has over 300 rooms. It uses the first-class staterooms. It's an incredible uh, place to stay. You feel it, it's just like a step back into total history. We would only and stay in the first-class staterooms. They're all first-class <laughs> staterooms. Yeah, everybody's first. No more third-class on the Queen Mary and Long Beach. We could only you afford third-class, but we would stay in first-class. <laughs> a great reason to come see the Queen Mary this summer is the new ex- exhibition they're doing. They have Diana, Legacy of a Princess, and it's an extensive Diana collection, but also expands out into much of the royal family, and it's on one of the upper decks, and it's quite a large collection of Diana's dresses and uh, accoutrements and uh, different historical things from her life and from the life of of the other relatives in the royal family. Great exhibition. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Bob. You're listening to Travel Brigade on Sunday morning. You can follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, like us on Facebook, or go to our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade with Jeff and Kathleen. Catch them at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. As you can hear, there's a lot of great stuff going on in Long Beach. I think one thing that maybe didn't come through in that interview as I started thinking about it is that... All the stuff we were talking about doing, it's all kind of right there in yeah, one very place. Close. Exactly. It's not like you've got to take you know a cab over here and a bus over here or rent a car. If you're getting on or off a cruise in Long Beach, it's, very close. it's easy to get to all this stuff. Yep, it's a great pre and post destination. Definitely. So, one of my favorite places is coming up next. Favorite places or favorite states of mind? 
favorite states of mind. Very good. That's what I would agree. We have Disney Cruise Line coming up next. And, you know, again, it's kind of a big deal that Disney has ships now that they can move over here to the West Coast. I have a bunch of friends who've just been waiting for the boat to come out west. It's not just your traditional Mickey Mouse cruise here. And I say that in the best of in every literal, <laughs> but not metaphorical. Um, no, it's not just uh, your traditional Disney characters. They're doing Pixar-inspired cruises. That's true. They told us they're doing a bunch of special cruises in the fall that are going to be doing the California coast, which is kind of fun and different, with Pixar characters. And one thing that perks Jeff's ears more than anything is when he hears adult-only pools. Yes, you can't you can't beat that. We'll, we'll talk about this some more, and we've talked about it on previous shows about uh, the nice balance you can get family togetherness and family apartness when on a cruise. And it sounds like Disney's got that set up just right. They do. It really looks like they focus on the whole family. You know, the kids need their time, family need their time together, and we need our adult pools. Definitely. <laughs> up next, we'll be talking with Disney Cruise Lines. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Listening to the Travel Brigade. And now, family travel. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show here from Southern California, and we are doing our California cruise show. And here to help us, we've got Jennifer Hale Tin from Disney Cruise Line, and they've got some great options heading out of Southern California this fall. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Thank you. You know, it's so exciting. We know Disney hasn't been down here for, you know, this is maybe their second or third season down here in California. And it's such a great option for the people who have been waiting and waiting to get on Disney Cruise without having to go all the way to Florida or somewhere east coast. That's true. You know, Disney Disney in general has a great contingency of fans, both on the East Coast and on the West Coast. So it's wonderful now with four ships in our entire fleet that we're able to bring Disney Cruise Line right to their backyard and offer up some incredible itineraries for them to take advantage of. And Disney's noted for the also the Pixar. Where we know all the traditional Disney characters, but now we've got all these fun Pixar characters that you see at California Adventure when you go down to Disneyland and now you're going to be able to do a cruise take your kids on a cruise with those characters. Yeah, Pixar has become a, just a truly beloved brand um, with an incredible lineup of animated features and when you sail with something like, somebody like Disney Cruise Line and you're able to team up with an, an animation giant like Pixar Animation Studios you'll see a whole new cast of characters on the ship during the California Coast Cruises. So imagine sailing with Mr. Incredible, with Remy, um, Woody, Jesse, Buzz Lightyear, um, the cast from Up. Um, we have just such a wonderful slate of offerings you know, the California Coast Cruises, um, there's only four of them, are actually in September and early October, and they're taking you to the most wonderful ports of call, but doing it in a, w in a way with Pixar that adds just a little something extra, a little Disney magic to that, that sailing. That sounds like so much fun, and for those of you who don't know California Coastal, you know, they're, traditionally California's been a big Mexico cruise destination, but a lot of cruise lines are looking at the coast because a lot of people are really interested in going to places, you know, San Diego, San Francisco, and getting to experience all of California in in one experience. That's true. You know, uh, California is all about entertainment, food and wine, and some of those most iconic sites in the destinations. So we're actually porting in um, San Francisco, San Diego, and heading down for a little quick stop in Ensenada, Mexico. So in San Francisco, um, you'll be able to, to um, stay overnight, um, both on the ship, but have 
two days of ports of call in San Fran. So you can take one day and go to Napa Valley and see all that it has to offer. In fact, we've paired up with um, John Laster and his wife Nancy, and we're doing a very exclusive tour to their family's private vineyard where you're going to be able to sample some of their unique red wine blends and have a picnic right on their estate. Wow, that's pretty great. Um, Another great opportunity in San Francisco is the Walt Disney Family Museum. Um, And so you'll be able to stop there and learn all about the history of this great man that started this wonderful company. One thing I thought that was looked really interesting when I was looking at the Pixar cruises online is you'll actually be able to learn about how they make these amazing animated features. You will. We actually are taking um, some of the directors, art directors, filmmakers from the movies from Pixar, and they'll be sailing with us on the ship, and they'll be giving presentations in the Walt Disney Theater um, that will talk about an inside look at the creative process that's that's used in the the development of an animated short or a feature. In fact, we've confirmed that some of the the, the favorites from, whether it's Toy Story or or the latest release, Brave, or Finding Nemo, they'll actually be sailing and be able to um, take you behind the scenes, which is really cool. That is, and then also we noticed on your schedule you've got a Hawaiian cruise uh, scheduled. Tell us a little bit about that. We do. So this is our second stop in Hawaii. We were there in April of this year, 14 nights down to the tropics. It's such a special cruise, and it's really giving those those fans not only of Disney Cruise Line and, and Disney, but those who just adore or have looked forward to seeing Hawaii a really unique experience. So um, imagine stopping at the four major islands, Maui, Kauai, Oahu and the Big Island, and then stopping in Mexico as well. You've got some days at sea to break it up. We've got Hawaiian cultural specialists on board that are giving um, talks. And, and of course, you just get to really spend some great time in those ports, you know, whale watching, going and seeing the beautiful beaches, um, heading into Waikiki, taking river cruises, helicopter experiences. I mean, everything that they have to offer. And, of course, you come back at night. You don't have to pack and unpack. That's right. You're back there on the ship. Well, I think it sounds perfect. I mean, I consider myself a Disney connoisseur being originally from Southern California. Disneyland was our backyard. Mm. And I've done Disney straight for a few days. I've done Disney World for a week straight. I've never done 14 days. So that sounds like perfection. <laughs> it is. 14 it days is. and Hawaii. Yeah. And, and, and as much as we have a lot of guests on board who love Disney, we also have guests that just love the quality of Disney, the mm-hmm. adult time, and the adventure of it all. And so you know when, when you come on Disney Cruise Line, vacation. There's something for everyone on the ship. There are places that are just for children. There are spaces that you can retreat and relax that are just for adults. Um, And then there's family time together. Um, So from the amazing restaurants that we have that you rotate through each night that are all themed um, to uh, the beautiful spa on board for adults to adult-only pools um, to Broadway-style shows, there is really something for every member of the family. I like the way you put retreat and relax into the adult-only areas. I, I call it hiding with my kids. <laughs> but, but whatever, well, whatever a little adult use. time. We, we like it all. That's the best part of cruising. At Disney, we're very self-aware. We know that when you come for a theme park vacation, oftentimes people say, I need a vacation from my vacation. It was so busy. <laughs> but the cruise line is really um, the opposite. You really do get to relax. So after you do your coastal cruises and then Hawaii, you're going to be moving into your Mexico season? We will. We will. We're heading back to the Mexican Riviera. It's a very popular place. Um, If you want adventure, this is the place to go. You head to um, 
some beautiful white sand beaches, uh, beautiful turquoise waters. You're headed to Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Love Vallarta. <laughs> Just charm, charm, charm. Well, thank you so much. Can you tell us where people can contact you or Disney or Disney Cruise Lines if they're interested in booking one of these great vacations out of California? You bet. It's best to head right to the website, to DisneyCruiseLine.com, and you can learn all about the different cruise offerings we have both out of L.A. or uh, elsewhere around the world uh, with four ships, fantastic destinations, world the worldwide. Um, so head there. There's numbers to contact us if you want to talk over the phone, or you can actually search online and take a look at all we have to offer. Thank you very much. We've appreciated having you on the show. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. If you're wondering about the wonder, check out our fact sheet. Yeah, go to TravelBrigade.com. The Disney Wonder is uh, embarks out of the Port of L.A. San Pedro has been growing. They have a huge plan for the future. Right, and for those of you who don't know, San Pedro is a section of L.A., and that's where sort of the town on the coast there where the Port of L.A., is located. It's an amazing place in terms of the amount of container things shipping in and out. And they're also making it a great port to go to just as a destination in its own right if you're going in or out of there on a cruise. So up next, we're going to be talking with someone from the Port of Los Angeles about some of these neat new things they have happening. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. This is Kathleen Curry with my co-host Jeff Griffin, and we're here talking about California coastal cruises. Yes, and we're so lucky because we have Philip Sandfield from the Port of Los Angeles here to tell us about some amazing things that are going on there. Welcome to the show, Philip. Uh, thank you very much, Kathleen and Jeff, for having me today. Uh, yes, there is a lot going on here uh, as the uh, L.A. waterfront down here adjacent the um, World Cruise Center begins to emerge. There are just so many things we can talk about. So. Uh, uh, if you'd like, I can just kind of go on to a few of the things happening this summer that are relatively new. That would be great. You know, we've actually cruised out of San Pedro quite a few times, but we know that there's a huge expansion down there, and they um, it would be really great to hear all about all the new and upcoming things and how the port's changing down there and what people mm-hmm. can do when they're going to take a cruise out of L.A. Oh, great. Yeah, you know, back in 2009, after years of, of discussion with the community and political leaders and others, we uh, basically approved a uh, over a $1 billion expansion uh, uh, renewal project of the port to really turn this, this port into a world-class port. I mean, we're already, we are the um, the largest container port in the Western Hemisphere, and uh, but there's so many other things going down here and uh, on here, and the city of Los Angeles really deserves a world-class waterfront, and that is what in 2009 we committed to doing, and it's a long it's a long project, but we've already had uh, a lot of successes. Uh, one thing that cruise 
people on cruises will notice now when they uh, come in and out is they're going to see the USS Iowa battleship uh, about um, maybe just a couple hundred yards away when, when you go up the main channel, go either leaving the port or coming back in, um, cruise passengers will be uh, seeing this battleship, which is really an amazing piece of history that uh, just came to the port uh, in late June and opens to the public on July 7th. And, uh, you know, you'd be able, as if you're leaving on a cruise, if you come a, a couple hours early, it's literally walking distance from the uh, World Cruise Center. It's, it's actually almost part of the World Cruise Center now. And people will be able to do tours of the ship and everything? Yes. The, the ship is uh, going to be open seven days a week from 9 to 5, beginning on uh, on July 7th. So the ship will be open for public tours, and it's being run by a nonprofit battle uh, nonprofit center called the Pacific Battleship Center, and um, so uh, yeah, it's going to be a great attraction. Um, so the, the Battleship Center folks are expecting a couple hundred thousand visitors a year uh, touring the battleship. Is there going to be an expansion? I, I heard in the waterfront area more restaurants, possibly accommodations, things like that. Uh, yes, um, just south of the World Cruise Center is Ports of Call Village, which is a very nice um, development, re uh, retail uh, shops and restaurants development that we've had there for decades. Uh, it needs some freshening up, and in the next couple weeks, we are going to be putting out to bid to developers um, a uh, request uh, for development ideas for that. Now, that will take a few years, um, but uh, we have plans to really turn that into a uh, really a kind of a unique waterfront area. Um, we're in the middle of a project that we started several months ago where we're, we're building a promenade uh, right along the waterfront. Uh, yeah, we uh, saw something about, a, about that and there's going to be a, a fountain section, is that yeah, right. we, well, yeah. we actually already have the fountain built. Okay. That was about a $8 million project. So there's a water fountain cast to music that uh, is just outside the uh, World Cruise Center, and it plays uh, songs on the hour with the fountain. Uh, but we're expanding the promenade so you can just keep walking, uh, and we're doing cutouts and um, uh, uh, some water down uh, promenade and public plaza. So really trying to create that waterfront experience um, another very unique thing that's uh, just happening here, you may have heard about it, is something called Crafted at the Port of Los Angeles. I, w I was there this morning for the grand opening, and it's really a, a unique place. Um, this is a uh, brought to us by a private developer who uh, runs the Bergamont Station Art Center in Santa Monica. And what they've done is they've taken two uh, World War II-era uh, warehouses, and they are using those to build the uh, country's largest permanent craft center. High-end crafts are there. Uh, local and regional artists are bringing their wares there um, on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And uh, it's free to get in there. It's about a mile, mile and a half away from the cruise center, just a short taxi ride. There's some uh, public transportation as well. And uh, it's just unique. This is not a uh, um, not a swap meet. These are handcrafted goods made in the United States uh, with really a unique feel to them, one of a kind thing. So that sounds like a great place to pick up if you forgot to get souvenirs while you were out on your cruise. 
Stop definitely, in there and get them. <laughs> definitely. And not only souvenirs, but just things for yourself. It's got high-end leather goods and, and, and clothing that is uh, uniquely made and uh, some eateries that are there. And uh, so really what we're doing is, you know, so this area down in uh, the harbor is uh, called San Pedro, and it's really a one-of-a-kind place even by L.A. standards. And things like the USS Iowa and this crafted at the Port of L.A. are are really uh, helping us, uh, are an asset for this L.A. waterfront brand that we are trying to cultivate here in the harbor. Well, you know, it really sounds to me that people at some point are going to be coming to San Pedro as a destination, not just a place to leave for a cruise. I mean, it seems like they at some point we'll be wanting to put some time aside just to spend time there before they even take off on a cruise. You know, that is uh, that is the goal here. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, really amazing uh, um, to watch the majestic container ships and the operations. It's, it's really like a feeder of the working waterfront as well. And, you know, perhaps you've been on a, on a cruise coming out of Los Angeles where you see half of the nation's uh, cargo coming in and out, just, you know, just maybe 30 yards across where these cranes are lo- unloading and loading uh, these um, uh, these massive ships are really interesting for people to see. Uh, and then we're combining that with all the other things we're doing. And, the, and just in San Pedro has this eclectic uh, arts community and restaurants. Uh, so it's really, uh, really picking up here and a lot of momentum and a, um, a lot of critical mass being built down here, both by the port and the surrounding businesses. You mentioned San Pedro or the port of Los Angeles cruises that are there. Are they mostly going to Mexico? Or are they doing coastal? Uh, the, the World Cruise Center here, and it's it's uh, you know just a, a short freeway hop from LAX, which makes it very convenient. Um, most of our cruises uh, go to Mexico and some to Hawaii. Uh, you know the the market uh, candidly has been soft for Southern California the last couple of years for a variety of reasons, economy. And um, and then you factor in some of the concerns uh, that have, uh, we've had about going to Mexico. As you well know, uh, the cruise lines are mobile assets, and they move, um, you know, according to um, their own their own desires. So it's the cruise lines that like working out of the port of L.A. It's just a matter of um, you know w- when it makes most sense for them to be here. So we have seen a softening in the me- in the market going down to Mexico. Uh, we we know that it will return. It, it comes in, in ebbs and tides, and it's been soft the last couple of years. We're working with the cruise lines all the time to um, offer um, you know unique uh, ways to get them back here. So well, and it's interesting. We- I know that they're being a little creative and doing coastal cruises and more to Hawaii and more to the Panama because of that change in Mexico. Uh, Princess is our, is our biggest customer. Uh, Disney, The Disney Wondership is here through the end of the year, and then it will just make some occasional stops here. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines will be coming back to us in 2013, and then we've got some niche uh, ships here uh, coming all the time as well. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a uh, fluid market down here, and we're hoping to uh, uh, to increase the business, mostly going to Mexico here in the in the years ahead. Well, thank you very much, Philip. We really appreciate you coming on and telling us more about all of these things that are going on in San Pedro and at the Port of Los Angeles. 
You're listening to Travel Brigade. You can follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, like us on Facebook, or check us out at our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. Have you friended Travel Brigade yet? Well, you can at their website with links to Twitter and Facebook, as well as lots of great articles for all your travel needs. www.travelbrigade.com. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show here talking about cruises out of Southern California. We've covered Long Beach. We've covered the Port of L.A. And my favorite, Disney. We talked to the Disney Cruise Line. We still need to take a trip just a little bit further down the coast and wind up in San Diego. San Diego's great, and that's actually the last place we took a cruise was out of San Diego. Yeah, and I'm kind of a slow learner. (laughs) San Diego... It's such a great place to visit in its own right. It is. You know, just, just for a vacation, Absolutely the beaches, gorgeous. all the, the parks, every, just a lot of great stuff there. And I had never, though, thought, put two and two together and thought, hey, I like going there. I like going on cruises. I could go there and then get on a cruise and then come back and go there some more before I came home. And I have to give you credit. You're the one that booked our whole family on a cruise out of there. That's true, but it did show up on your American Express card. But it was such a great experience that it didn't. <laughs> it, it 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 numbed the pain somewhat. So. San Diego is really great, and like Jeff said, close to everything. There's the Gaslamp District. We stayed at the Manchester Hyatt, which was just around the bend. We took a pedicab there. Everything you could want within uh, walking distance. A lot of great stuff there, and I've got a great idea. Why don't we talk to somebody from the Port of San Diego? Perfect. Have them tell us more about it. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. And again, we're here. We're talking all about Southern California cruises. And we're really lucky because... San Diego is a great port to cruise out of, and we've got Rita Vandergaa, who's a cruise and travel consultant who worked at the Port of San Diego for many years. Welcome, Rita. Thanks for joining us, Rita. Thank you. It's good to be here. Tell us, what makes uh, San Diego a great a great port to cruise in and out of? Anything in particular that really stands out? San Diego is really unique. Uh, you actually depart right downtown right in the heart of downtown San Diego. I know. I think that's great. That's so unique compared to a lot of places that you cruise out of. I mean, I think that's one of the things I love about that little port. You literally get off and you're right downtown. It's it's fabulous. Uh, We're also only a mile and a half from the airport. So it is probably the best airport to seaport connection uh, of any port in the country. And for people that are coming from Southern California, it is pretty much a hassle-free drive from Riverside, Orange County, uh, points beyond uh, down the 5 or the 15 to the Port of San Diego. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that closeness to the downtown area and to the airport. We did a couple of years ago, did a cruise with our kids. We got back in in the morning. We went to some museums. We went to a Padres game and caught a flight out in the evening. Yeah, all before and, we had to catch a flight, so, so it was great. I, it's hard to think of, of very many places where we where we could do something like that. Yeah, and and right, uh, just literally a stone's throw away from the cruise terminal is 
San Diego's newest attraction, which is the um, Midway Aircraft Carrier Museum that had over a million visitors this year. And it is truly a phenomenon and really uh, worth your time. Actually, we took took our little ones there, and they had such a fun time taking pictures and going through it. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like you get off the the cruise port, and you already have an activity to do. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what cruise lines uh, come in through the port for embarkation and where, what destinations the cruises go to? Yes. Uh, Holland America has been sailing out of San Diego since 1998, and they are still our primary. They call themselves uh, San Diego's home port cruise line, and we're very fortunate. We have a variety of Holland America cruises. Uh, there are still a few seven-day Mexico Riviera cruises, as well as uh, several uh, 15-day Hawaii cruises and uh, Transcanal, and they even have a Hawaii and Pacific Island cruise uh, that they're offering a couple times a year. Uh, I see here it looks like four times this year. So they have an extremely diverse um, offering from everywhere from a seven-day up to a 30-day cruise out of San, that begins and ends in San Diego. My parents just got back from a uh, San Diego cruise that went to Hawaii, and it was pretty great because they figured out for the airfare and staying in a hotel in Hawaii, they actually was much less expensive, and it was great. They drove. They live here in Southern California. They drove to the port, got on the ship, went to Hawaii, came back, and thought it was just incredible experience, and that was on Holland America as well. And then, of course, we also have with us Celebrity, which is another very upscale cruise line, and they're doing some really interesting things out of San Diego this year. They're doing Hawaii as well. They've also got some uh, Pacific Coast wine tours and some Pacific Coast coastal tours that range anywhere from a three-day to a nine-day cruise. And I think those are going to uh, just grow in popularity because you actually get to see California and California port experiences that are not, that haven't been available. And that's really one of the positive outcomes of the loss of some of the Mexico cruises as the cruise lines are getting more uh, creative about creating uh, different places that they can take their guests. So do the uh, wine tour cruises, those go up and stop at San Francisco and then you go into the Napa Valley or how does that work? Yes. Uh, they're they're leaving from uh, we've got one uh, one I'm looking at right now a celebrity is offering in May of next year and it's a nine day cruise that goes all the way up to San Francisco and then back to San Diego and it stops in uh, Santa Barbara where you can have a wine experience there as well as up into the it's an overnight in San Francisco uh, with a wine excursion up there and uh, there's there's several other ports to call Catalina. And, of course, Ensenada, they're all, by law, they have to go to a Mexican port. So they're, they're most of them call in Mexico at Ensenada. And there are some incredible vineyards in Ensenada, if you haven't been there. There are like 55 different vineyards, and it is, it is very, very beautiful. And it's a wonderful, unique experience. That sounds great. And, you know, I, that's something, yeah, I probably wouldn't have thought about doing. But now with the situation being what it is, that that sounds like something really interesting to do. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what expansion the port has gone undergone in the last few years, if there's any plans for expansion in the next few years? Well, we just we opened in December of, of uh, 2011 a brand new cruise terminal 
uh, I'm sorry, 2010, and it's a smaller terminal that is wonderful for Hall in America, for some of our, our world cruises that come through here. San Diego gets a lot of uh, Region 7 Seas and once in a while Silver Seas and Crystal and some of the other high-end cruises, and that that pier has worked out beautifully for us. It is is it's a gold lead certified building uh, right on Broadway Pier, which is the main street that goes up and down uh, San Diego, and it's just it's really worked out extremely well. We did that so that we could make major improvements to our primary facility, which is B Street, and the B Street Pier um, is twice as wide over, well, almost three times as wide as Broadway Pier and has the capability to handle up to a single large four or 6,000 passenger ship or two simultaneous smaller ships. We are putting in right now over $6 million of improvements to that facility, which include um, glass roll-up doors that bring the sunlight in. It's been totally repainted inside they're painting the outside over the next few weeks uh, a new canopy system that's going to have photovoltaics on it again for the solar energy a new roof uh, that is going to be uh, much more pleasant experience than staring down on a 50-year-old roof when you come into <laughs> San Diego so it's now white and uh, uh, reflective and it is it's really uh, going to be extremely visible when the guests come back through San Diego. They're going to see a totally refreshed, new vacation-oriented terminal as opposed to what has been. Rita, can you tell us if guests are interested in finding out about what cruises are coming through the Port of San Diego would be the best place for them to contact? Yes, uh, they can go to the Port has a, a website, the thebigbay.com. And that includes all of our attractions, and there is a special page on cruise. And it takes you, if you go to the cruise page, it takes you directly to the lines, and it shows you what our schedule is, and you can look at the schedule and then contact the line based on the itinerary that you would like to pursue. Uh, it's very easy, one-stop shop. And on that bigbay.com, you could also look at pre and post stays if you need hotels. The Port of San Diego is the landlord for over 15 hotels on San Diego Bay and, of course, has uh, numerous attractions and restaurants. So we promote all of our businesses that are on the bay through the bigbay.com. Well, that would be great. So you could you could book your cruise and your hotel and, and everything like that all in one stop. That's terrific. Thank you so much, Rita, for being with us today. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel destination show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show, doing a California coastal cruise episode. We've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about Long Beach. We've talked about the Port of L.A. We've talked about San Diego. We've also spoken with Disney Cruise Line. We've got to take all of the wonderful things we heard about and narrow it down to three things each for he said. She said. We're going to move north to south. We're going to do things a little bit differently this week. Usually we're at one destination and we pick three things in that particular city we've been visiting. But since we've got three different ports we've been talking about this week, 
we're going to pick one favorite thing about each port. She said always goes first. Take it away. We're going to start with the Port of L.A. And my favorite thing about the Port of L.A. is the Disney Wonder. I wonder. (laughs) Great cruise line. Great ship. Out of the Port of L.A. Lots of new things going on there. But this all ties in with the new ship there, too. Yeah, and as you said, a lot of new things going on there. And that's kind of what I liked about it was the sense of optimism they have. Uh, They're putting in this, you know, they're bringing in the USS Iowa. They're putting in this new crafted in the Port of Los Angeles Fair. And so it's it's a place with a lot of optimism is how I felt. They have a big long-term plan there. So our next port's Long Beach. And my very favorite thing about Long Beach is the Pike at Long Beach, which is the new huge renovation they did just less than a decade ago of restaurants, hotels, shops, everything you name it, right there. Yeah, it's easy to get to. And one of the parts of that Pike is my favorite, and that is the Hyatt at the Pike. I would recommend checking in there the night before you leave on a cruise and go up to the top. They've got this beautiful rooftop pool. That's true. It's great. And beautiful views out to the sea, and that would be my favorite. Very good. Moving down south to San Diego, my favorite at the San Diego port is the port pedicabs. We got off the cruise last time we were there and grabbed three pedicabs and had all of us on pedicabs traipsing down the street to the hotel, and then the Padres game. Yeah, I was going to say, my my favorite for San Diego as a port is uh, the last time we came in from a cruise there. Uh, the, if I remember correctly, the cruise got in, you know, in the morning, we got off, went somewhere, and spent the rest of the day going around to places, ended up at a Padres game. It was the last game of the season, so it was right around October 1st, and it was that perfect San Diego, 72-degree weather. Perfection. And then we got on a plane and went home that night to snow, but that's another story. (laughs) But no, I I just remember that day as being just a great way to end that family vacation. Yes, it was a great day. Next up, we'll be wrapping up the show and talking about shows we have coming up in the next few weeks. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show, and all this talking about California ports and cruising makes me want to book a cruise. It's a great place to cruise from. It's a great place to do a lot of things from. I don't think we're ready to leave here yet. Nope. we got lots more to do over the next few weeks. We need to hit San Diego just in its own right. Absolutely. Huntington Beach during the U.S. Open. Got to be there. What would Southern California be without a visit to theme parks? Yes. Lots of them. A theme park show also coming up in the next few weeks. This is Travel Brigade. You can contact us at TravelBrigade.com. Follow us on Twitter or find us on Facebook. And go to TravelBrigade.com again to get the contact info for everybody we've talked with here today. Until next time, remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, we hope you join us here on Travel Brigade on Sunday morning. See you next week. 
You've been listening to the Travel Brigade on Blog Talk Radio. Listen live every Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Contact us on Twitter, Facebook, and at TravelBrigade.com.